Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So uh, tonight I want you to look at uh, what Jesus said to a church, and this is the Laodicean church in Revelation. So if you read the book of Revelation, which is the last book of the Bible, uh, Jesus addresses seven churches and he not only commends the churches for what they're doing right, but also gives correction to the churches. And only one church was the church in revival, was the church of Philadelphia. So with the rest, uh, they, were, they had some issues. And so Jesus uh, is, is giving us the book of Revelation and also uh, uh, speaking to the churches, but at the same time speaking to us. So in Revelation 3, uh, 17 and verse 18, the, uh, Jesus said this to the church, because you say, I am what? I am rich. This is what they were saying. I, I am rich. I become wealthy and I have need of nothing. And do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. And then he said, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be what? That you may be rich and, that you ha and white garments that you may be clothed. That the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And then he said something uh, very important. He said, and anoint your what? Anoint your eyes. Everybody say, anoint your eyes. With eye salve so that you may see. So Jesus is, is telling the church, he said, I want you to anoint your eyes that you may see because you're not seeing correctly. You're, seeing, you're not seeing it in the right perspective and you're not seeing your condition. You're saying, I'm rich, I'm wealthy, I have need of nothing, but actually you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. That's a horrible uh, condition to be in. So Jesus uh, is not only speaking to that church, but he's speaking also to us. Now let's look at Psalms 36, verse 9, kind of lay a foundation here tonight. Uh, and this will be the New Living Translation. And he says, for you are the fountain of life, the light by which we see. How many of you know that when you get his light, you're going to start seeing things, right? Uh, and you're going to start seeing it from God's perspective. So tonight, the first thing that I want to uh, instill in you, because we're going to speak about a mystery tonight, okay? We're going to focus on a mystery, but the kingdom of God is made up of mysteries, right? And I'll explain that. But first of all, let's read what Jesus told the disciples in Mark chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. And when he was alone, uh, well, let's start from verse 10. But when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked uh, him about the parable. And he, said, and he said to them, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the what? Of the kingdom of God. But to those that are outside... In other words, those that can't see. And in, order, in other words, you have to be in the kingdom, and in the kingdom you have to see. And if you see, then you're going to understand the mysteries of the kingdom, right? So the kingdom of God is made up of mysteries, right? But then he said this, but to those who are outside, all things come in parables, so that seeing... 
they may not, uh, uh, they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins should be forgiven them. So a mystery is what? Well, a mystery is, uh, is, is something that in times past, listen real carefully because this is very important, uh, it is something that in times past has been hidden, okay, hidden, but is now revealed to God's people. Did everybody get that? So a mystery is something that is hidden. So to a lot of people, this book is, is Greek. They read it and say, and I don't understand a thing, but it's in English. They, you know, they, they uh, read English, and they look at it, and they're reading it and don't understand a thing because the kingdom of God is, is a kingdom of mysteries. And a kingdom, uh, and a mystery is, is something that was hidden but is now revealed. So a mystery is that, listen real carefully, is that which can only be known through revelation of God, right? So a mystery is that which can only be uh, known through the revelation of God. You don't get a revelation, you will not understand all the mysteries. And if you don't see it, you're not going to believe it. And if you don't believe it, you're not going to say it. And if you don't say it, you'll, you won't get to a place where you're commanding dominion. And this is what God wants for every believer, to, to arrive at that realm in your life that you are commanding uh, dominion in your life. You start taking authority over everything that's making your life miserable, right? Everything. But a lot of people, uh, they don't know what to do, and they think it's normal. So they invite all these devils or have all these devils in their house or the living room or, or in their bedroom or their demons. Their job is to pester you, to make your life miserable, to steal, kill, and to destroy. But if we get a revelation of this, then we're going to put them out. Does everybody understand that? So a mystery, once again, is that which, is, uh, which can only be known through the revelation of God. So anointing to see, listen to, to me real carefully because here we go. I don't want to lose you. Anointing to see is the anointing for dominion, right? So God wants us to have dominion here on this earth. So uh, uh, getting this uh, anointing to see, your doubt dies. You're not going to doubt anymore. So is it, uh, is it common for Christians to doubt? They doubt all the time, right? But when you get this anointing to see, once you see it, you don't have any more doubt. Your doubt dies, all right? So no one doubts. No one doubts uh, what he sees. Now, you may doubt what you hear, but uh, 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 you won't doubt what you, what you actually see. Remember, Jesus had 12, and he had a doubter within the twelve. He doubted everything. I mean, he had to see it and, uh, so he could believe it. And Jesus told, after he resurrected, he told Thomas, Thomas the doubter, right? He said, you believe because you see, Thomas. This is why you're, you're, you're believing, because you see. So when he saw it, even a doubter, 
the most, uh, the greatest or the, the greatest doubter. Let's see if we have the greatest doubter here in Lee County. When he sees something, he is not going to doubt, all right? Now, I don't know if you know, I, have a, I drive a white car, white Toyota. So if a doubter was here tonight, he'd walk out there and he'd see my car. Uh, and he said, and I said, here's my car, it's white. So he went out and tomorrow and somebody said, uh, pastor's car is black. He said, no, it isn't. Unless he bought a new one. But uh, his car is a white car. And he, and he said, no, he's always driven for the uh, for a number of years. He's driven a white uh, car. He said, no, it's a black one. He said, no, I saw it. So this, he said, I saw it. You can't tell me that. I actually saw it. So no one doubts when you, when you see it. Now, you may doubt when you hear it, right? And a lot of people, it, they just hear things, but they're not seeing it. You understand what I'm saying? So uh, in my life, uh, when I started seeing certain things, when I came back from Vietnam, came back from the service, uh, and uh, uh, came out of the university, uh, was in business, and then started, uh, went into the ministry, uh, uh, man, I didn't know anything, but when I started getting revelation of things, then my doubts started leaving my life. And there are certain things that I saw that changed my life. One of the things that I saw, and it really changed my life, uh, one of them was Mar uh, Matthew 6.33. And remember Matthew 6.33? He said, seek ye what? Uh, seek ye first, not the kingdom, uh, put it three or four. He said, seek ye what? Uh, uh, first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. So when I saw that scripture, now this is... Uh, uh, I didn't know anything about it uh, or very little about anything. But I, when I saw that in the Bible, I said, oh, my, I can never lack in my life. Never. I cannot. So this became a revelation to me. Seek ye first the kingdom of God uh, and seek ye first the kingdom of God. So I said, well, I'm going to put you first, God. Uh, I came into the ministry. I didn't even know what, uh, never thought about the ministry. I was just uh, never even, even uh, had a, a slight thought about ministry. But when he called me, I knew he had called me. So when, uh, when he called me, I said, well, who's going uh, uh, to uh, sustain me? Who's going to pay me? Who's going to do this? He said, I'm going to do that in my uh, time with God. I said, well, that's good. So I never have to ask a person, and I've never asked a person for one dollar for anything. And God has supernaturally provided for my life. But this became a revelation. And when I saw it, it was in my heart. I said, hey, I can never lack, ever. Can't. It's impossible. It can't. And God cannot lie. Can God lie? He cannot lie. And these are the words of Jesus. Now, if that is a lie... Everything he said about salvation in heaven is a lie also. Everything's a lie. So that's not a lie, and not anything else is a lie. So I said, I can't ever lack. So I don't have to depend on man, look to man, trust man, or do anything else. Just love them and, and help people, but I don't have to uh, ever depend on them. God is always going to supply. And I can tell you of miracles upon miracles that he's done in my life just by believing that, that verse. But I saw it. It was revelation. 
I saw it, and I said, hey, here it is. I can never lack in my life. So I never worry about ever lacking anything. Uh, I'll pray for something, and it comes sometimes I'm just thinking it's already here. And, uh, and God won't even give me a chance to ask him, but it's already there. God provides in a supernatural way. Another scripture that uh, really helped my life, I'm 71 now, but uh, 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 I've had health all these years. Never had insurance until some years ago. I said, well, I better apply for uh, VA because I'm a, a war veteran. So, and it's the best insurance in the United States. It's free. I mean, not one penny for anything if I ever need it. I'm never going to need it. I don't want to, I'm not going to use it, but I have it. Uh, and I have insurance. Remember when Obama came with his, his crazy stuff? I had to have insurance, so I, I just had to have that certificate from the VA so that they wouldn't bother me. But uh, 71 years of age, never had any surgery. Uh, uh, I go months and months and months without even realizing I have a body. No aches, no nothing. And I get up in the morning, I take off like flash on my bike as fast as I can for a couple of miles. I'm talking about a top speed, come back. Uh, every other day I work out. And then I have 16-hour days. And, and uh, I told the uh, brothers the other day, I said, uh, I've had, uh, I'm living in my third life. Uh, you know, we only have one life, but this, uh, 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 I say I have three lives. I've had, this is my third life. Up to 21, I had already lived my life. I had been all over uh, different parts of the, uh, uh, the Asian countries, in Vietnam, Hong Kong, Thailand, uh, Guam, Philippines, Hawaii, at 19. So at 21, I, I was already out of the service. Uh, that was my life. I already had a life. I saw death and life. I said, what else is there life at 21? Then at uh, 26, I got, uh, got married, and then I was married to Pastor Barbara for 43 years, uh, five months, five days, nine hours, and 20 minutes. So uh, uh, she, she, she went on to be with Jesus and last year, so that ended my second life. Now I am in my third life. And, and just uh, uh, praising the Lord and living uh, like I should live. And now I am like a priest, you know. So I'm a priest until the Lord comes. So, but this life, uh, this scripture changed me. And also this one, talking about health. When you see it, you'll say, I can't be sick again, ever. How can I be sick? So I got a revelation of Matthew 8, 17. When I got a hold of this scripture, it changed my life. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, uh, saying himself, who he's talking about Jesus. What did he do? He took what? He took our infirmities and what else? And he bore our sickness. What did it say there? Did Jesus what? He took them. So if he took them, how can you have them? How can you if you took them? But a lot of people don't believe that. So a lot of people just say, well, it's my sugar diabetes. It's my arthritis. It's my headaches. It's my this. It's my this. They're a walking pill. 
box, you know, or a, a walk-in pharmacy. And, and Christians should, uh, every Christian has a right to what Jesus did on Mount Calvary. By his stripes, we were what? We were healed. We were. That's past tense. So when I, said, when I found that and got that scripture and got that as a revelation early in my life, I said, whoa, here's another one. Uh, Matthew 8, 17. I said, he took my infirmity. I can't be sick. It's impossible. Uh, uh, and, you know, th little things have come in my life, but I said, no, devil, get off. Uh, I will not have, I will not have headaches. I will not have dizziness. I will have no uh, pain in my joints. I will not have anything impossible. Devil, Jesus took all of my infirmities. Did he take all of them? He took our infirmities and all our what? And bore our sicknesses. So in order for the devil to put that on me, uh, uh, put sickness on me, Jesus had to come back on the cross and would have to take away uh, what he took and put it uh, and so that I could have some sickness. But that's not possible. Jesus took them all. Did everybody get that? So you have to give a revelation. When you have to be anointed to see. Once you see it, your life changes. Does everybody understand that? So uh, all of you have read um, Malachi chapter 3, verse 6 through 10. And in Malachi chapter 3, verse uh, 6 through 10, talks about uh, 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 tithes and offerings. When I saw that, I said, that's easy. Uh, I wasn't a tither. I didn't believe in that. When I was young, I tithed because I was in my dad. I tithed and gave my offerings because dad would make me. And I knew about it, but I didn't understand tithing. But when, uh, when God began to speak to me, I said, what did he say in, in Malachi chapter 3? He said, if we'll give our tithes and offerings, he said he'd open up the windows of heaven. He would rebuke the devourer for us. And then he said that he would break the curse of our life. I said, there it is. Uh, I can never be poor, ever. I cannot ever be poor. Say that with me. I can never be poor. You can't if you'll do that unless he's a liar. Isn't it right? He said that he'd provide for you if you gave it, right? If you keep your tithes and offerings, you'll live in poverty. And a lot of people, that's why they live from paycheck to paycheck. And he said, well, you don't understand. I understand. If you don't do this, then you will live in poverty. You'll struggle all the days of your life. And just give it. I just give it. And I started with 10%. Uh, when, when, the, when I came into the ministry and the Lord started speaking to me, uh, I came into the ministry. And, and when I say in the ministry, uh, there's pastors don't even tithe themselves. They don't give. So that's why they live like, like they live. But I started with 10%, and then I said, well, the Lord's blessed me so much, I'm going to increase it to 15%. And then I, uh, he blessed me so much, so I, I went to uh, 20%. Then he blessed me so much, I went to 25 and and just uh, can look at my giving every year. Uh, it's close to 30% every year. So, uh, uh, and then the Lord meets all my needs. I mean, there's nothing. Uh, I, I need something, the Lord always gives it to me. It comes in uh, this, this building's here. Uh, you can't imagine the miracles that took place here. Miracles. I mean, it's just miracles from week to week. And then when we finished it, uh, and when we opened the doors for the first service in this building, it was completely debt-free. It, it was just debt-free. Miracles upon miracles took place. And God is our provider. He's Jehovah Jireh, right? 
and we'll just do exactly what he says in the manual. And a lot of people are struggling. They said, uh, it says that, but man, I don't understand. I'm not going to do that. Uh, yeah, you see, you got to see it. But once you see it, you start doing it, right? And it changes your life, right? So uh, my whole life changed. So uh, uh, Exodus 23, let's look at verse 25 and 26. This was another revelation to me. He said, uh, if you'll serve me. Then he said, I will bless your bread and what? Water. Can you be healthy without uh, God blessing your bread and water? You cannot. Uh, because the Bible says that he satisfies our mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed. Your, your body ha can and sh uh, should renew itself. If it doesn't, you're dying. Look at Sarah at 90 or 80 and 90. She was a beauty queen, Mrs. Universe. Walking around, the kings, when they looked at her, they said, I want that woman to be my wife. You know, kings ain't looking for some old woman. They look, they're looking for the youngest and the most beautiful. When they looked at Sarah, and they said, man, she's an old woman. She said, you're kidding me. She said, no. She said, look at her. And, when, and they brought her into their, into their castle, and she said, that is the most beautiful woman we've ever seen. And that woman was in their 70s and 80s and 90s, a beauty queen. What happened? Her body was able to renew itself. This body can and wants to renew itself, but if God doesn't bless your bread and water, uh, then uh, your body is dying. And, it, and some people are dying at 30. Have you seen people at 40? They're, it's over for them. They, they want to die already. Uh, but uh, he said if you'll serve him. Somebody say serve him. That's it. Look at the key there. That's the condition. If you'll serve God, he said, he will bless your bread and water. The next thing, he will take sickness away from your midst if you'll serve him. The next thing, uh, there shall nothing cast her young, uh, nor be barren in the land. The number of your days I will fulfill. That was a revelation to me when I saw that. I said, oh, man, what a blessing that's going to be. I'm going to just serve God. God says he can't lie, so I'm going to serve him. So uh, what you see, uh, you will naturally believe, right? And what you believe, you are going to say it. And once you say it, you're in the realm of commanding dominion in your life. Everything begins to change because the devil knows that you know and you have authority uh, and he knows that you have authority and the word begins to work. Does everybody understand that? But uh, what you see, you will naturally believe. So uh, let's go to 2 Corinthians 4.13. And Second uh, Corinthians uh, four thirteen says, "We have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore I have what? That's right. If you believe it, you'll say it. A lot of Christians are not going to say nothing, but unless you say it, nothing takes place in your life. Remember when Jesus said, He says, "Speak to the mountain, and don't doubt in your heart. If there's nothing coming out of your mouth, nothing is going to take place." Uh, but uh, 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 on the opposite, usually it takes place. 
uh, uh, negative things start coming out. And we start confessing a bunch of weird stuff and unbelief and doubt and things happen. He said, I don't know why these things are happening. Well, it's coming out of your mouth. Death and life are in the power of the what? The tongue. But he says, and we also believe <clears throat> and therefore speak. So uh, we naturally, uh, we naturally, uh, when, uh, what we see, we naturally believe. And what you believe, you speak, and you have that same spirit of faith. Can you say amen? Now let's go to <clears throat> Genesis because we're talking that you uh, have to, to see it uh, or anointing to, to see. This anointing to see will give you dominion in your life. And if we look at Genesis 13, verse 14 through 15, uh, this is what God told Abraham. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift up your what? Lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you what? Which you see, I give to you and to your descendants forever. In other words, Abraham had to see it before possessing it. So it is a thing or it is a principle that has to take place. So God was, had, to be, had to instill this in Abraham. He said, can you see it? Look to, your, to the south. He said, can you see? He said, I see it. Look to the north. He said, I can see it. Can you look uh, to, the, to the east? I, I see it. Can you look, look to the west? Can you see it? He said, well, all this that you see, can you see it? He said, yes, I can see mansions. I can see vineyards. I can see land. I can see uh, 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 all kinds of livestock. I see the people of God blessed. I see a multitude. I see children. I see my children. He started seeing all this. And once he saw it, God could give it to him. Does everybody understand it? So God, now listen real carefully. God will not give you. He will not give you what you can't see. If you can't see it, he's not going to give it to you. And the reason is because your believing will be temporary. Did you get it? Now, why is it that some Christians, a lot of Christians, uh, believe it for a day? Some believe it for a week. And some believe it for a month. And they're on fire for a month. And then they're back in the world. You know why? Because they never saw it. And when, when, when you don't believe it, when you don't see it, your believing will only be temporary. This is why God had to make sure that Abraham saw it. Remember another uh, occasion that God took him from under his tent at nighttime? He said, look at the stars. And he said, can you count them? He said, one, two, three, four, and then thousand, two thousand. Lord, there's so many I can't count them. He said, that is your children that you're going to have. That's the children. So when he looked up there, he said, wow, I see it, Lord. He probably saw faces and little children dancing. He started seeing multitudes of people. And he said, I see it. He said, and that in his faith never, he never lost faith. This is why the Bible calls him the father of what? He's the father of faith. 
So the reason is because God had him to see it. What you don't see, you will not possess. And Abraham uh, had to see it before possessing it. Uh, and we have to see it. Uh, and God will never give you anything that you will not see. That's why a lot of Christians struggle to receive what really belongs to, uh, to them. Is this Bible for everybody? So why don't all Christians get everything? Why is it there's Christians like this at all different levels? That's their, yeah, that's, that's their up and down. They never saw it. They're, they're believing it's temporary. And God's not going to give you, uh, give you something that you don't see. You don't get a revelation on it. The reason is because you'll, you'll lose it easily. You'll lose it, right? You can lose it easily, and it usually happens that way. They're, they're believing it's temporary. They only believe for a day. Yeah, I got it, I got it. They believe it in church, and by the time they hit the, the, their car back here, they don't believe it anymore. The first uh, obstacle that comes, the same problem, the first circumstance, they quit believing. And they start speaking doubt. But when you see it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what storm you have, what circumstance comes in your life, the unbelief around you, the negative people, the naysayers. You saw it, you said, hey, I got it, man. I got it. I, 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 can't, I don't care what you say. I already saw it. Did you get that? So somebody says, no, you're going to die before you tell said it can't, it can't be. I'm going to finish my days out. I can't because I already saw that. You're too late. Say, you're going to get, there's a sickness coming around. You're going to get it. He said, that's not possible. By his stripes, I was healed. I saw that. He took my infirmities. If he took them, how can I carry them? If he took them, I can't, I can't have them. He took them. So you see, that's a revelation that has to come. You have to believe that. It has to be a heart, and it has to be, come from your heart. Uh, that's why Christians, uh, you know, uh, they're nominal Christians, defeated Christians. They don't serve God. They don't, uh, they're not on fire. We should be on fire, right, on our first love of, uh, <clears throat> forever in our life. <clears throat> not for a day, but forever and ever in our life. So we have to believe these things. Can you say amen? amen. So whatever you see, Listen to me real carefully. Whatever you see, God is committed uh, to deliver it to you. If you see it, God is committed. If you don't see it, God won't give it to you. So that's why a lot of people, it's all in the Bible, but most Christians don't have it. Very few have it. And they'll walk in the blessings, and the rest just sit around hoping uh, but they'll never get it. You got to get this. You got to get a revelation of this. You got to spend time with God. You got to get in the Word and start reading. And say, Holy Spirit, uh, you have to uh, uh, give me the. Let me. Let me. When I read this, let me get a revelation of this. This is why Jesus. Let's go back to Revelation three uh, eighteen, and he says this. Revelation three. He said, Anoint your eyes. Anoint your eyes so that you will be able to see. That's so important. Anoint your eyes in order for you to see. Once you see it, then God is committed to giving it to you. So if I, if I told all of you here tonight your struggles are over, uh, from now on, if you get a hold of what I'm sharing you, 
He said, you'll be very successful. You'll be very, very successful. You'll be very successful. You'll, you're never going to struggle again. Your life is going to be up and up and up and up and up. You'll never struggle. Your, your life will be transformed completely from this day forward. You'll, you'll be prosperous. You're not going to worry about sickness, lack, or anything because God is not a liar. Now you have it in your heart. And if you have it in your heart, you're going to say it because out of the abundance, the mouth speaketh. Does everybody understand that? So we have to get a, a revelation of this. So bef uh, I had three things that I was going to uh, share with you. Do we have time here? Uh, we've got tr uh, 20 minutes, all right? Uh, but let me, I'll, I'll, I'll give you these things. There's three things that will happen, uh, very important things happen when you begin to see truth. One of the first things will be uh, things will begin to move at supernatural speed in your life. How many of you have had this happen to your life? Uh, Proverbs 13, 12. What happens when things are held up in your life for weeks, months, years, and years, and years, and you saw it in the Bible, uh, but it, you never, never had it, or somebody told you, you heard it preached, uh, this, 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 and, but it's, uh, it's never come in your life. Hope deferred maketh what? Say that with me. Hope deferred makes the what? That's right. Makes the heart sick. Uh, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Let's put this in the New Living Translation. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. When things are held back in your life and they never come, and they never come, and never come, and never come, and never come, then it's going to discourage you. Right? Just said, you know, I've been, I've been praying for this. For, yeah, but you don't have a revelation of it. Once you get a revelation of it, then your whole life begins to change. Now look what uh, Jeremiah 1.12 says. Because when you begin to see truth, uh, uh, the way God presents it in the Word, you'll begin to move at supernatural speed. No more slow motion in your life. And, and Jeremiah, he said, well, let's start with yeah, verse 11. He said, moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? He said, what do you see, Jeremiah? And he, and he said, I see a rod of an almond tree. He was seeing something. Then said the Lord, then said the Lord unto him, Thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. God speeds up everything. He said, you saw it? Did you see it? Uh, Jeremiah said, I saw it. He said, because you saw it, then I'm going to speed up this thing in your life. If you don't see it, God's not committed to giving it to you. You have to see it. So Jesus said, anoint your what? Anoint your eyes that you may see it. So that you can see, we have to anoint. We have to have anointed. Who gives? Who gives the anointing? The Spirit of the Living God, right? That's His job to anoint you. When you are anointed, everything changes. Everything. 
So let me, uh, that's, that's one of them, but I, uh, let me just move on and, and share with you. And I want you to look at this because this will change your life from now on. This right here. When the ladies went to uh, Israel and Matthew and Jen went uh, together as a team from the church, they brought back anointing oil. That was the best gift they could ever have brought me. Okay. Uh, and I'll explain that to you in a few moments. The anointing oil is a mystery. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of mysteries. You, you, will not, you cannot know them unless uh, you receive it by re revelation. So when people look at anointing oil, even a lot of Christians, they'll just say, well, it's just oil with some different fragrance. This is anointing oil, temple anointing oil. So it doesn't mean very much to him. But when you get a revelation of this, your whole life begins to change because you're going to start applying this. Look at 1 Samuel 16, 13, and tell me what happened to, uh, to uh, King David. When Samuel took the horn of oil, somebody say horn of oil, uh, and anointed him in the midst of his brethren, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. So when Samuel anointed David, it was not mere, a, a mere chemical or just uh, uh, oil coming on him. The Spirit of God came upon David. And from that day forward, David was a different man. God took him from taking care of sheep to become king of Israel. How did he, how did he get there? Uh, through the anointing. Somebody say through the anointing. So when we apply anointing oil in our life, uh, it, uh, <clears throat> it transmits the power of God upon your life. Does everybody get that? So <clears throat> anointing oil is a, mis a mystery. Somebody say it's a mystery. Okay, now, once you apply anointing oil, uh, the Spirit of God, this is what I want you to get tonight, the Spirit of God uh, comes upon a person or upon a thing. Whatever you anoint, uh, uh, it becomes protected by God. The Spirit of God is transmitted, the anointing of God. In Isaiah 59, 19, uh, remember this scripture? Isaiah 59, 19, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west, it is glory from the rising of the sun, when the enemy shall come in like a what? Like a flood. The Spirit of the Lord shall set up a standard against him. I don't care what devil it is. Once the Spirit is there, there's a standard that the devil cannot penetrate and cannot touch. Does everybody understand that? So how, uh, what do we, what do we do? What, uh, how can we apply or have the anointing in our life? Well, the Bible says that uh, Samuel, and, and, and if you read all through the, the Old Testament, uh, we find out that it was transmitted through anointing oil, okay? That's the Old Testament. But we see that the anointing oil uh, is not, uh, it's not a, it's not a magic, um, uh, it's not a ritual or a magic or a religious rite uh, or a doctrine. 
It is, it is actually the power of God placed in a tangible form. Does everybody get that? When you apply the anointing oil, it's a mystery. You have to do it as a Christian. So the Holy Spirit goes into manifestation when the oil is applied. Now, Jesus, now listen to this. If Jesus did it, then we should do it. Uh, Jesus showed that the anointing oil uh, was no mere Old Testament ritual. Okay? When he sent his disciples, uh, he armed them with anointing oil. And we're going to look at this, Mark chapter 6, uh, verse 11 and 12. Right before Jesus sent out the disciples, he said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Does everybody have their maybe horn of oil or vial of oil? Make sure all of you have it, all 12. He said, make sure you have oil before you go out. Now, this is Jesus. Jesus demonstrated this is not just a ritual, all right? This is a mystery of the kingdom. And when they went out and preached that man should repent, he's sending out his, uh, his disciples, and they cast out many devils and anointed with what? With oil. Many that were sick and healed them. Everywhere they placed this anointing oil, devils left. And when they placed this oil, people were healed. This is Jesus sending the disciples out. So the anointing oil is a, is a mystery. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's the power of God. It releases the power of God, the anointing of God, when you anoint uh, your, uh, anything in your life. So I anoint everything. The door frames of my house, no devil can get in my house. It's not possible. Because everything that God has placed in my hand is, is anointed. I anoint my car. Uh, anoint uh, the dog that I receive as an inheritance when Barbara left. So I got a dog there. So uh, I anoint him. The other day, he was feeling kind of bad, and Elaine called me. He said, Dad, uh, you, uh, do you want me to take him to the vet? I said, no. I said, I'm going to anoint him tonight. So I anointed him. By the next day, he was jumping and moving. Yeah. Anointing oil. You have to anoint yourself. This is the power of God. It's a mystery. Somebody say it's a mystery. When you apply this, it would be like Samuel. And people just looked at Samuel when he took his horn of oil or vial of oil and he poured it on David. I said, that's just oil coming on him. No, the Spirit of God came on. Not oil coming upon him. The Spirit of God came upon him. And he was changed into a different man just like Saul. When Samuel anointed the first king of Israel, uh, uh, he was changed into a different man. So, my, my thing to you, uh, my question to you tonight is this. What area, what area of your life is troubling you? Hmm? Well, take anointing oil. You say, well, I have a stack of bills like this. Debt. Anoint him. And, uh, and let the power of God begin to help you. 
with his wisdom and his power and miracles and favor so that all those debts can be paid. God wants his people debt free, right? And he wants you to start living good and prosperous. Is that God's will for us? It is. It's God's perfect will for us. That's what he wants. He wants God's people to prosper, not living from paycheck to paycheck. Say, but you don't understand, Pastor, this and this. We're making excuses. Just do exactly what God say, uh, say, uh, has, uh, tells us to do. He sent out the disciples, Jesus. That's Jesus. So he demonstrated this is not just an Old Testament ritual. Because if Jesus did it, we should do it. He sent out his disciples. And he said, anoint everything that moves, man. <laughs> everything. And if you see any devils, just uh, get some of this anointing on. Put it on them. And those devils are leaving. And people are being delivered. And he said, any sick out there, whenever you come to sick, anoint him with oil, they'll be healed. So you have to anoint everything, uh, things in your life, uh, and things will begin to change. You'll start, you'll start having testimony. You'll come back and say, it's worked. I had a sister give, uh, tonight they'll probably be sharing all kinds of testimonies because they already started in the Spanish ministry. They took anointing oil and on their way, man. Uh, anointing is not just uh, just some mere little thing in your life. It's this is powerful. It's uh, it's it's the anointing of God, the the Spirit of God that is manifest, the power of God. When you anoint with oil, you're believing. You said, "I'm going to believe this, and I'm going to do it." Uh, let's go to James five fourteen and fifteen, and I'll be through with this one. James 5, 14, and 15. He says, any sick among you, let him call for the who? For the elder of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he committed sins... They shall be forgiven him. If we'll do exactly what the Bible says, things will change. Can you say amen? If you don't like your old car, you say, I have an old car. It's a, I need to replace that. Anoint it tonight and say, Lord, uh, thank you for replacing this car. I'm going to anoint this car. They'll be, that I'm going to get me a new one. And how many lives are you going to live? One. You only have one life. There's different phases of life. But you only live one life. I don't know. What are you going to take with you? If you had fifty billion, or a hundred billion, or one hundred dollars in the bank when when you die, you're not going to take it with you. Nothing. Everything stays here. Clothes, dogs, money, house, everything stays here. So why not start believing God for the very best? Right. Or are you going to sit there and not believe God for nothing? He said, no, I'm going to believe God from now on. Because God can't lie. When I find out that he can't lie, I said, uh, I, I'm going to believe God for everything. I can't be poor. I cannot lack. It's impossible. Cannot. And I cannot be sick. And I cannot die before my time. It's impossible because God's word does not lie. Look at Psalms 91.16, and I'm through with this one for sure. Psalms 91.16. Psalms 91.16 says this. 
<clears throat> With long life, this is God, will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. With long life, will I satisfy him. So you might be satisfied at 60. So how old are you now? 18. So let's say if you said 60, then let's say you have 22 years. I mean, how many years left? 42 years left. So start counting if you said 60. You see? God, that people say, I'm too old. No, you're not old. Compared to Methuselah, you're a baby. Right? You're, you can live for many years. What, what is the, the life that you, how many years do you want to live? Some people want to already uh, jump out of this life at 30 and 40, right? But how many years do you want to live? Well, God promised a long life. A long life. That's what he said. He said, I'll satisfy you. So how many years are we going to live? Well, God says, I will satisfy you as long. When are you, uh, how, what will satisfy you? He said, you get to 70, he said, no, I'm not satisfied yet. I'm going to go to 80, uh, maybe 90, maybe 100. I'm healthy and I'm moving. I got a lot of things to do. Well, if you're satisfied. But if you're satisfied at 60, you can go at 60 or 70 or whatever. And this is the wisdom. Psalms 90, verse 12. And this cannot, uh, this cannot be fulfilled unless you're believing. It, you must believe for it. You have to believe for the, the days that you want. But your life has to be with purpose. Right? If you don't serve God, if you don't, then you're not going to have any purpose. You have to serve God. And if you have a life of purpose, then you get up with energy every day. Right? So look what he says. So teach us to what? To number our days so that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. So uh, you have to have an idea how many, uh, as you talk to the Lord, said, this, is the, this is the life I want. I want to live to 90. Okay? How many days, how many years do you have left? And then he said, I still have plenty, okay? Start counting your days and say, Lord, this is what I want to fulfill in my life. Now, I want to get revelation. And tonight, this is the first thing you do. Before you anoint your dog, if you, want to, if you have a dog, <laughs> you anoint your eyes. You have to anoint your, yourself and your eyes so that you can start seeing. If Jesus said anoint your eyes, so we're going to anoint our spiritual eyes uh, so that we may see and get a revelation of what he has. Otherwise, this book is just a book. And if you see it as just as a book, that's why people, Christians don't read it. How many Christians that come at Sunday church and any church read their Bible? And some that are reading, it doesn't mean anything to them. And they're in the same problem they, they were uh, 10 years ago, down, uh, downtrodden, uh, disappointed, uh, living disillusioned. Uh, unhappy, depressed, because they don't get a revelation. Once you get a revelation, your whole life changes. Did everybody get it? Praise God. So let's stand up.
And let's ask the Lord to, to do something in our life tonight. Praise God. Brother, would you do me a favor? Those lights over here and just this. You, brother, right here, you can get those lights here. And brother over here, there you go. Let's, uh, let's just for a couple of minutes, a uh, uh, couple of moments here, let's just bow our heads and, and ask the Lord to anoint us. You, you have to get this. Your life is going to change today. Your days of struggling end tonight. They end tonight. Your life is about to change completely. Father, I give you praise tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, tonight I break everything on my brother's life that has hindered him from going to the next level or the highest level that you have for him. And Father, every lie, every disappointment. Father, I break this by the power of the name of Jesus. And Father, we anoint him tonight. And Father, we thank you for the glory and the power of God, Father, over his life. In the name of Jesus, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Father, in the name of the Lord, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Sister, open your, open your hand here. Take some of that and anoint yourself. And you anoint yourself. Your life has to change starting tonight. And sister, your life has to change. There you go. Completely. You can't live the same kind of life. God has a great life for you. There you go. There you go. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. This is, this is a mystery. When Jesus sent out the disciples, probably somebody said, oh, that's just crazy. There you go, sister. Sister, take some oil and anoint yourself, okay? Anoint yourself here. Your brother, anoint yourself. There you go. There you go, young lady. Just anoint yourself. You need a change. Put it on your on your forehead, not on the chair. On your forehead. <laughs> there you go. Chair doesn't need it. You need it. There you go. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. There you go, brother. There you go. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Father, we declare miracles tonight and breakthroughs. And Father, every devil, just as you anoint yourself, every demonic uh, hindrance in your life, every power of darkness, these demonics, demons, God's not holding anything back from you. It's not. God's not taking from you. And he's not making your life miserable. It's, uh, the God of the Bible is the God of abundant life. So tonight, every demonic power comes out of your life. It's broken. It's broken out of your life in the mighty name of Jesus. And you'll begin to live like a child of God should live in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you and we give you praise in the name of the Lord. Would you lift your right hand and say, Father, tonight I make Jesus Lord of my life. Come on, make him Lord of your life. I make you Lord, Father. And starting tonight, Father, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to serve you. I'm not going to live this life that I've lived. 
Father, my life is going to change. There is a, a, a breakthrough, a supernatural breakthrough in my life. Thank you, Father, because from now on, things are going to supernaturally speed up. Hallelujah. Father, uh, the, you, uh, your word is going to be, uh, Father, uh, uh, um, sped up in our life, Father. We thank you because things are changing right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, and we give you praise. And, Father, we thank you in the name of the Lord. We just start praising him. Father, we just praise you tonight. We just praise you, Father, and we give you glory. <clears throat> we give you glory, Father. We praise you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you, Father. We glorify your name. Father, all these demonic spirits, Father, of, of sickness, of poverty, and, Father, of depression and uh, uh, unworthiness, Father. Father, these spirits, Father, uh, addictions, Father, all these spirits are broken in the mighty name of Jesus. You foul spirits of hell, I command you to leave this place. Command you to leave their bodies, their minds from now on in the mighty name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you because everything is under the blood of Jesus tonight. Everything's under the blood. And Father, we put it under the blood and we cover ourselves with the blood. And Satan, you cannot torment them any longer about their past. Their past is gone, has been forgiven, and not only forgiven, but Father has been forgotten. That's what your word says. And Father, we know that you cannot lie. And Father, we thank you because they're going to start seeing like they've never seen before. Father, the, the, the word is going to come alive in their life starting tonight. We give you praise, Father.